Welcome to Smartest Energy Talks, the power market podcast from the next generation energy company. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Smartest Energy Talks podcast. My name is Angus Widdowson and I'm a commercial manager for the Smart Generation team here at Smartest Energy. I started at Smartest five years ago now in the renewables division, uh, which led me through to our asset optimization division focused on flexibility, uh, which we have now merged the two uh, into our smart generation function uh, and are serving renewables and flexibility customers alike. Joining me today is uh, trading optimization analyst Leo Burdoff. Hi, it's great to be here on the podcast today. Um, my background is in the asset trading team where I'm a trading analyst and I'm mainly focusing on short-term markets. That's great. Thank you, Leo. So without any further ado, let's get straight to it. Today we're focusing on the results of the latest Contracts for Difference, or CFD, auction, and what this means for all kinds of different assets in the energy market. So the Contracts for Difference scheme is the government's main mechanism for supporting low-carbon electricity generation. CFDs incentivize investment in renewable energy by providing developers of projects with high upfront costs and long lifetimes with direct protection from volatile wholesale prices, and they protect consumers from paying increased support costs when electricity prices are high. Um, Leo, I just wonder whether you can give us a bit of detail around the history of um, capacity and, and the values that we're seeing, particularly on offshore wind. Um, there, there seems to be a step change in the last three auctions uh, in, in the values. Absolutely, yes. So um, we've seen significantly smaller prices in this round. Um, which happened in August, re- compared to the previous rounds in 2015 and 2017. Offshore wind cleared as low as £40 per megawatt hour, compared to £60 per megawatt hour in 2017, and um, a strike price above £115 per megawatt hour in the first round. So as, as these numbers show, there's a significant drop in the strike price. That's really interesting. So what, what, what we can see there is the investment that's gone into innovation in uh, the wind sector as a whole uh, is, is really paying dividends and, and, and bringing down the cost of investment in, in generation, therefore, for the cost of generation to consumers. Yes, and we've also seen um, a change in the wind BM bit volumes, which have increased significantly over the last three years, which is on one hand due to more wind generation coming online, but also just a general um, trend towards more uh, BM wind um, acceptances. That's really interesting. So the, the balancing mechanism that, that Leo's talking about is, is National Grid's primary tool for, for balancing supply and demand in in real time. And, and we're seeing now current current wind capacity offshore that's installed around eight gigawatt hours and onshore 12 gigawatt hours. Um, but, but given the support for offshore rather than onshore in the last two CFD auctions, um, the capacity there is expected to grow by another two gigawatts next year with Hornsey uh, offshore wind farm alone once it gets to full capacity providing a gigawatt of power. Um, 
This leads us on to the blackouts uh, that were well publicised in recent weeks, um, and 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 um, and there's been a lot of um, response, robust response there for, from National Grid to understand that. And, and one of the key themes, uh, really, um, around Hornsey and and other power plants that tripped off within quick succession is uh, the problems with inertia in the system and, and the move towards this low carbon generation. Um, low carbon distributed generation system um, is that there is less resilience in the system um, that was previously provided by the spinning reserve in, in large thermal plant and that, that is reducing. So Leo, can, can you give us a bit of insight into what National Grid are doing and, and have been for some years to, to counteract this reduction in uh, inertia in the system? One potential action from National Grid would be to introduce an inertia product um, with less spinning reserve on the system. Batteries would be well suited to provide synthetic inertia after um, a big frequency drop um, caused by um, a plant out, um, unplanned outage, for example. So that leads us on to opportunities in, in storage at the moment. So we can currently see around 800 megawatts of capacity in, installed in the UK, a lot of which is supported by ancillary services, uh, tended by National Grid, including enhanced frequency response, dynamic frequency response, um, but also an, an increasing shift to focus in uh, the wholesale markets and the balancing mechanism in order to benefit from the arbitrage of, of high versus low prices on on discharging and, and charging the assets. Um, th this, this shift in, in the generation mix is having a, a, an impact on which plants are actually setting the marginal price um, in, in the balancing mechanism um, and, and really changing the competition there. Leo, can you give us a bit of insight in, in, into the different marginal costs of, of plant and the balancing mechanism and, and, and what's happening there? Absolutely. Increased renewables generation on the system will also increase volatility intraday and in the BM as well. So we would expect, for example, the spreads for energy storage projects to increase. And there, there are just a lot more opportunities um, to benefit benefit from this volatility for battery projects and also for peaking plants. For batteries, however, there's the issue of a very complex optimization between markets, as one has to um, take, in, take into account the battery characteristics as uh, the cycles and battery lives, which can make optimization algorithms rather difficult. That's great, and 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 that 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 really um, show, shows in in investment at the moment. Um, it is a real challenge we're seeing in the market, uh, and the short-term nature of of the revenue that can be achieved, and and and, and how that is locked in, um, is is not giving giving the certainty, the long-term certainty that investors really need, and that that that's something the industry will need to progress. So this changing landscape of, of, of generation and storage projects is is telling in the closures that we're seeing with with coal fire power stations. So recently seen 
Cotton Power Station coming offline. We're expecting Aberthaw to close in March and then next year Fiddler's Ferry as well. Um, we're seeing an uptake uh, in, in, in plants coming online in, in the gas peaking sector and uh, we've got capacity joining our platform um, which we're, we're now looking to take into the balancing mechanism and, and the reason for that as I mentioned earlier this is, this is National Grid's primary um, tool for, for balancing supply and demand which is supported by all the ancillary services um, but this is where they're really looking to drive capacity and we, we, we can see the trend over the last few years of uptake of, of, of distributed capacity that, that, that is being accepted commercially in the, in the balancing mechanism. This is really supported by uh, a fairly recent development of a dedicated distributed energy resources desk in National Grid's control room. Uh, Leo, can you put some numbers to this and, 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 and show how um, how we're analysing what 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 that uptake has been and what sort of volumes at National Grid actually um, utilising at the moment from these sorts of plants. Yes, as you mentioned, peaking plants are the perfect complementary generation to increased wind penetration, as we're seeing now. And this also shows in the BM where the participation increased um, significantly over the last three years an increase actually of more than 100 percent if you if we look at the numbers in 2017 we had total accepted offer volume from bm peakers of 27 gigawatt hours which is now in 219 risen to 55 gigawatt hours and we have not even finished the year yet that's really interesting we're we're, we're now entering the winter season where, where we expect those volumes to to increase further which is well in line with with our own access arrangements thank you for that insight leo it's great not just to be able to talk about the issues but also put a few numbers to them to get a real feel for how everyone in the market is affected unfortunately that's all we have time for on today's podcast so we'll have to leave things there we hope you've enjoyed this session and if you have please head over to our website and check out our blogs sign up for our upcoming webinars and subscribe to our weekly newsletter the informer if you don't already receive it to get all the latest info and more insights like this all that remains to be said is thank you very much leo thank you and thank you very much for me make sure you all look out for our next podcast too you can subscribe on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts and tune in so make sure you don't miss out See you next time. Bye for now.